Laugh at Monkey Music Show too on Craig LeCicero from Forbidden. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Just uh, in the middle of, you know, another day of interviews in between playing some, actually getting some music in, you know. You are uh, an immediate blitz, so it's hard to, I want to, hopefully we can hit something a little fresh for the listeners to keep people interested. I know it uh, gets redundant for you probably too at some point to be talking about it over and over. Yes and no. I mean, of course it is. But on the other hand, you know, uh, that's what I'm here for. And my son was asking me that the other day. He's like, so what's going on, man? Do you just get like tired of telling this thing? I'm like, listen, dude, the fact that anyone even cares after all these years, right. you bet you better put that to the side because it's 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 an honor to have anyone give a shit. So I, I'm OK with it. Well, to me, it was exciting because I had actually I wanted to speak to you before because to me, my, my experience is when I was uh, a younger me had interned for combat, in effect, in the time when Twisted came out. Oh, so shit. I had the I, So I had the promo stuff. It was like you guys and like in Scatterbrain and a couple other bands. I had my walls. It was like, it was like Forbidden and Scatterbrain. I had the big posters. But to me, this was like, yeah, like a huge Forbidden fan. So the fact that, you know, you're active again is way cool um, for me. So, so I've got questions. Yeah, I've I got, got questions. Uh, so are you from Queens or you did just, did you just, no, it's actually you know, in Atlanta. go there on the way? No, it was in Atlanta. Okay. Look at out of there. Okay. Okay. Cause I was going to say, cause if you were in Queens, cause I, I had went to the offices, it was an unbelievable turnaround and you couldn't do it these days, what we did then. Yeah. And we finished recording the album, uh, by like halfway through February and it was out in April, you know, we're like, yeah. they were just the machine moved so fast back then, and you know, luckily we had the 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 heat from Forbidden Evil to kind of still carry us, just, and then then Twisted took off. I mean, it just took off. It did, you know. It, it, I I met somebody actually. Um, I think it was even, doing the show that actually worked out of the the uh, of that office that you're talking about, over just overlapping my talk and doing the show. But the thing with the label back then is it was a real grassroots. I was actually an intern for college at the label, so a lot of my perks were like as a student, so it was like free food, all the music I could get, shows, concerts, so I was getting credit too. So to me, just going out and doing music stuff with my artists that I love was awesome, you know? Ironically yeah, I now, I, I do the show now because I like the artists and I still put my <laughs> time in to just do it for, because I want to, not, not for a job. Um, but those days were pretty awesome because you had a lot of press, you could use, you know, it was like the posters and, the, and everything. Nowadays it's just strictly media. So it's got to be weird now coming out because I mean, a you, you can sit at home and you can plan right to the five minutes before the interview to put it out there. Yeah. As opposed to having to be at somewhere and do like you know, an interview to interview to interview like one you know, get hit on a couch all day and people walk in and, and hit you all day or something. Now you're kind of at home at least for breaks. Well, now I am. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like? Uh, you know when we put an album out probably and i don't i don't see an album being a, even if we started writing it now which is something we can get into but i just don't you know the end of 24 beginning of 25 is more of likely time frame because you know there's a lot to do you got to got to promote it properly now at least at the very least but i i mean for now because technically uh there is no album to support so there's no reason for nuclear blast to fly me around you know uh <laughs> this is enough you know this is this yeah. is I, i'm actually blown away by the amount of requests we have for interviews i did not expect this many 
uh, requests for interviews. It's it's been wild. It it has been wild. Well, I think Forbidden had this thing where it became very much like a. You always say didn't get big enough or underrated. Everyone's always underrated and stuff. And, and in the eyes of somebody who's your favorite artist, you're always the same way, you know. But Forbidden was one of the bands that became like a cult status, and I think the legend kind of grew over the years. Like I remember being there during that time. Never got to see you guys live, but I was a fan of you guys. You just never got to see you. So at this point, you have the newer generations coming in that had no idea. You guys were already broken up when they were getting into music. So now at this point, you know, you've got so many new fans. Yeah, and that's something you have to acknowledge and understand. Because, you know, I mean, I've, I've said it many times. Uh, you know, I know Forbidden was a cult band. We were never, it never really took off yet. Uh, we, You know, the industry... For a lot of bands that were on the way up, it just the, the rug got pulled out in 91, 92, you know, just because the industry completely changed because the music tastes had changed overnight with the advent of, you know, what people now call grunge, which I just called good music that was different right. car music. You know, I didn't hate it. I, I was like, there's some great stuff. I loved uh, the earliest Soundgarden records. And when Alice in Chains dropped the facelift, I thought that was great. Nirvana was Soundgarden a little, a played at Combat Records all the time. So, so you got, you guys. Scatterbrain, Sonic Youth, Cockatoo Twins, um, Soundgarden's right. Big Gumball. Well, it was all played there. Anything, anything cool, anything cool was cool, you know, and, yeah. and that's how I looked at it. But the industry is, you know, back then when the records were being sold, you know, uh, physical copies were being moved. Everyone was just freaking out to get on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I had Louder Than Love uh, when, before it came out from, I, yeah, I, I got it from uh, the Foundation's Forum in a bag. So I had I that, that, and then I went back into Ultra Mega OK, and then I was in from that point on. So, but my story goes, and everyone's story that was in thrash metal, uh, you know, while 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 thrash kind of killed the hair bands, you know, uh, grunge kind of killed, and I hate the word grunge, the, the Seattle scene kind of mm-hmm. killed thrash metal. It's just the way things, and nowadays there's room for all of it, right? It's weird Absolutely. because. Uh, what happened over time is that, you know, people aren't stupid and they gravitate towards things that are real. And most music you hear today is, you know, quantized, digitally corrected and completely put through some sort of filter of, of perfection because that's the industry standard. But what people like is the scratches and the pushes and the pulls right. and the things that make music magical and that little noise you heard in that little park right there was like an Easter egg, you know? I mean, that's why Sabbath will always, and, and Zeppelin will always stand, or the Beatles, because that stuff mm-hmm. had real uh, imperfections that made it beautiful, that made it perfect. So Forbidden never had the luxury in the old days of doing anything besides what we were. And we were, you know, a high wire act on incredible amounts of testosterone and, and you know, um, copious amounts of other things probably you know so we were we were out of we were out of hand i mean i'm sitting here playing the stuff off forbidden evil going jesus christ like could we groove it just a little bit forbidden evil was not a groove album it was ah you know so you know it's but it's people love that shit so they go backwards and even when we did omega wave much many years later i refused to let the quantizing and the perfection be even a, a, a part of the process you know there was so little moving of anything you know i was like let's record it let's leave it i want to so that approach so when you listen to that album 
maybe it doesn't sound as you know the industry standard that that the other albums did but i'm proud of it because now people are digging it up and they're like it's more old school it feels like it yeah because we you left, know what it sounds like real you know it, it's old school to me if you imagine a sound to be like a pair of pants right old school's old school sound to me can be anything it feels like you're wearing a pair of sweatpants newer music now it's like a pair of skinny jeans like you you can say, right. might look good visually but it just feels like you can't move in it but like in sweatpants you feel like it's got a groove it feels like you're uncomfortable in it it feels right it sounds right it's about it's about what feels good to you and that music feels good yeah. without you know having to make everything look so perfect in, in, in the visual and it's just about it breathes the music breathes yeah you gotta you know you gotta be in a comfortable uh comfortable digs if you want to fart on the couch you know that's right these are some quotes, people. I want some t-shirts made from these quotes we're making here. <laughs> we each want 20% of the profit. You guys are going to have the rest. Um, but with that being said, I mean, as a fan, right? so when I, when I saw, you know, Russ isn't going to be singing. I mean, obviously, grew up on him. I love him. He, obviously, he's your bud. You love him. And the fact yeah. it's on good terms and he's, he's doing what he wants to do and it's healthy. As a fan and as a human being, as a father, I get it, man. I want him to be a, a long, healthy life. You know, he can't perform and do his best. Are, are you know what I'm saying? Be healthy. I want him healthy as a fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then you're, you're looking at it the right way. And very, you know, we've had very, very little negative blowback over that. It, it, the first day we made the announcement, you had, you know, your fair share of no rust, no forbidden. But then as people that know Skinner came into the fray and, and, you know, I watched that kind of stuff just happen. I was like, okay, and they're not attacking. They're just going. They just explained how it is. You don't even know. You know, you don't even right. know how good this guy is and how he fit in when he did the Interthrational show. Um, he just, you know, he owned Chalice of Blood, but wasn't karaoke. He wasn't. What I loved about it immediately is he wasn't trying to sound like Russ. He sounded like Norman singing Forbidden, right. convincingly, which but is the know. hardest thing. In, it's hard so, to do, man. I mean, th those songs are hard vocally, guitar, drums, everything. Just, they're tough. But, but like you know, as a fan, like I'm gonna say two things, and you know how I looked at it. A, a, as a fan of music, you know darn well. If someone you get the conversation, Dave Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar, I like early Dave, but Sammy's a better singer, and I like both both sets of songs. Some people are one or the other. I like them both on different different times. So it goes on and on. Ozzy, right? Ozzy, Ozzy Dio. Deano Dickinson, you know, you. I mean, there's, I mean, but when I, but for the longest time, I, I just refused to do this. I mean, it was a, it was a, a well, a you're bunch quoting of, Revolver uh, though, you know, that that's the other slippery slope for you. You put out there, you said no Russ, like you, you know, you and someone else, like yeah. you guys three aren't together. The band will not be. And I meant it. And I meant it. You in a corner. I'm not being Once you said it loud, the ethos. You know what I mean? Because I'm not I'm not a guy who like I don't have to backtrack on that because I fucking meant it. And it was a it was a series of events that made me even consider it. And also, you know, Matt and Steve really wanted it and were very patient for me to open my ears and eyes to the reality that it's it's right here in front of you. Mm -hmm. it, it, I'm a, there it is, Craig. It, you hear him, you see him, but you know you're being loyal to the idea and protecting this thing that Russ is the only guy. But Russ said it years ago. He told us years ago. He's like, "You do whatever you want because I can't do it," you know. And when Which I saw makes a Russ, huge difference I had to, as a you fan, know, you know, 
yeah it's, it, you know and i mean three three about three years ago when i got a random text from him and i hardly ever heard from him I get, it was a year to the day after i got a text from him where he was he texted me and was just raving about kayla dixon and dressed the dead he's like dude your singer is incredible because he knows talent he's like right. she is amazing i'm so happy for you and i was like wow dude that's really nice of you then a year later i'm not doing so well uh, I'm, I'm not in good shape. And I said, where's your dress? I'll come see you in the morning. He punched me the dress. I went in there first thing in the morning and he was next to death. He was not okay. His alcohol abuse had, had finally come to the point where it was he was going to die or he was going to have to quit drinking and go through all that. So that day he told me, and it was really, I mean, I can't imagine how hard it was for him to say this out loud, but he apologized for not taking care of himself his body his voice not giving 100 percent on tour uh and he felt like he let me down i said dude i love you the way you can make up for that is just get yourself better and live you know and that was kind of the beginning of the the journey that he embarked upon when we sent him down to the first phone call I made was was to Mark Hernandez who's another recovering alcoholic who's my drummer on Omega Wave and I was playing with him and dressed the yeah. dead. And I said, Mark, I just saw Russ, dude, and he needs help. So he knew the people to call to make the whole thing happen, to get him into a rehab. And they took him in. and They didn't charge the man for $1,000 a day rehab. They didn't charge a man anything besides for his medicine for like 45 days. Wow. Okay? Yeah. That is insane. Because they, they loved him. They, 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 they knew he was a, a sweet man with a big heart and – you know, and they they became fans of him. And so since then, you know, he can't challenge that. He can't, you know, the venue is full of alcohol every night. It's just not not really, you know, he doesn't have that kind of willpower, man. And to know your limits is part of the deal, you know. Yeah. Um, plus, he's like 60 years old now and he hasn't sang in years. And, you know, so I just think it's just you don't have to respect him. You can People can, you know, hold their ideals as loud, you know, as as close as they want to what you think things should be. But as the guy who's only if who's the only guy who's been in the band since it's in, you know, since we formed in 1985, trust me when I tell you I know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, and, and Russ, it's it was never gonna happen, and I was never gonna let it happen until a number of things made themselves clear to me. So okay. Well, no, and that I agree with you. That's like I'm the kind of person who believes a band should go forward. I love the fact, like, say it wasn't you, it was reversed, and it was Russ. It would still be like if you still have the two core members and they're and they're on the same page, it's really nice and healthy. But if it's like splinter bands, you know, the bands are two different bands and they're fighting over, and it just gets crazy, or they're saying I'm not going to be this band, we're not going to get, we're not going to reform, and they go on tour again. So there's so much that going on right now. I'm just saying it puts you in a spot where a lot of the fans, the ones that probably gave you a lot of crap in the beginning, with no Russ. It's just fuel for them. Yeah, that's it's. There's you're honoring memory. Yeah, you know, that's what music. we're doing. I mean, there's any any number of ways this could just this could you know go. I mean, you know, uh, he might wake up one day and be like resentful, you know. But he said okay already. You know, it's funny because I was I was texting to him and uh, we were he wouldn't pick up the phone. Like, what's going on? And I had to call his sister. And his sister was like, oh, dude, he's fine. He's doing great. He's, he's just afraid you're going to ask him to join the band again. I'm like, <laughs> no, 
That's not what I'm doing. I want his blessing. You got his blessing. He's not worried. It's good. It's good. So Russ just doesn't want to relive this part of his life. He's not ready yet. Maybe one day he will be. Maybe one day we'll go to his town where he lives now, and we'll, we, we'll grab him. And yeah, Maybe. I mean, if, but he might not want to go anywhere. He might want to have nothing to do with it. Uh, I, I just I respect whatever his decision is. He's sober, and it's the hardest job in the world to stay sober when you have that kind of alcohol problem. So that's that. You know, I respect it totally. I think it, it's kind of actually great that it's because you can honor it and do something new. And I, I'm looking forward to new music. I'd love to hear some like you guys do something like release like sometimes we have a new singer comes in like do some kind of like live album or a live EP so people have something that can hold them over until you put a new album out. You know well, I mean? well, uh, we are going to release stuff with Russ. Uh, it, we we did three cover songs uh, in 2011 with that lineup and they never came out. And we did Iron Maiden's uh, "Remember Tomorrow," Black Sabbath "Children of the Sea." and Operation Ivy's Knowledge. We did those mm -hmm. three songs, and we did, we recorded a couple songs that we used from Prog Power 2011 as well, with Gene Hoagland on drums. Nice. Um, and all five of those are going to come out. We're trying to aim it so it happens right before we get to Europe, so it's a good way to bookend Russ's, you know, long span of the band and, and show people, like, because he was, every time he went in the studio, he was incredible. You know, he, that, he always pulled it together. It was live. It was hard for him. Yeah. He was the best. He was the best. And, and because of his meek, kind way about him and the way he didn't take charge and push people around, he got overlooked. You know, uh, he was just a super nice guy. And, you know, he wasn't the kind of guy who would grab you by the throat and, 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 you know, never let go. I mean, he was at first. Actually, in Forbidden at first, he was pretty ferocious. And then so, over time, he just is like, you know, different things happen. Maybe his confidence got a little shaken here and there. I mean, this is human nature, man. And he just never, he just wasn't like ah, towards the end. So, but he fucking killed it on those songs. So I, I can't wait yeah. for everyone to hear that because I've been sitting on them now for 12 years wanting them to come out. Wow. And uh, we well, finally I, have a reason. Well, excellent. I'd like to see that. But actually, and I'd heard you mention that in an interview, but what I'm saying is I would like to hear, like when you're on tour, this tour, like over in Europe, record some of the stuff with a new guy live as a sample for the fans to hear this is what we're sounding like it's sounding good get excited for the album you know here's here's the new guy well, singing what we're doing it's kind of a, not like, an, yeah, not like a, we, a, a like a like a download or like a video or some kind of video something because not all of us are going to hear hearing new music with you with this this new singer until like 24 or for touring you mean 20 you know what i'm saying it's a long way well, i mean we're going to be playing in, we're going to be playing in three months and those videos are unhideable right i mean you know once you play at the Alcatraz Festival in front of 25,000 people and everyone's got their phone out, there's your first taste. And, right. Uh, I meant you having control of the first. The, the first release would be you having control of the quality, the first one at least. <laughs> there's no time. There's no time. Okay. I got, let me let me just paint a picture of what, what we're, how this is going to actually be able to work. And the first thing that has to happen is three months of working with the new guys, you know, dusting it off, uh, getting back up to that that game speed, you know, because forbidden stuff is probably the hardest regular what you consider Bay Area thrash shit to play. I mean, it's just fucking difficult, dude. And uh, all around guitar, everything, you know, because it's just, it's just hard. Yeah, yeah, so we, we really got to concentrate on ourselves. And then secondly, when we come back from all that, I want to start writing a record. And I'm going to I'm going to already, you know, I'm already coming up with concepts. I've got to 
few ideas. I want to write the concepts and then write the riffs and write the songs. I want to do it a little backwards uh, from what I used to do, because I think that'll lend itself to an even more cohesive and better story told record, you know? So and it's not going to be a concept record. That's all I'm saying. I just want concepts, you know, I, that, I different things saying. to write about. Right. So then next thing, you know, uh, we, there's going to be a show at the end of the year towards t before this year's over, we got to do something in the Bay area or people are going to have, you know, pull out the torches and pitchforks and start right. writing. So then that's something we got to concentrate on and introduce more songs into the set. So, you know, there's all these things that are, that have to be put first. And if people do want new music out as soon as possible, the best way to do that is for us to concentrate on that and to give them the full product when it's done. You know, so next year we've been offered way more festival shows than I mean, uh, you know, it's like next year is really going to be all about the big uh, splash festivals, U.S., you know, Europe, uh, South America, likely Japan and parts of Asia. Like there's, you know, who knows, Australia. But that's going to take up a lot of time if it's not even a normal tour, because each one of those are going to be increments of, you know, weeks like and so as you can see it starts to pile up it's right. a very positive thing and we and we need to like kind of ride the wave of of getting that momentum and becoming a real band playing live a bunch working on music so that's why i say the album probably won't be out till the beginning of 25 like first quarter you know we probably just passed the release date in in you know uh you know this either either early march early april it'll be mm -hmm. two years from then because it takes that long, right? It takes that long. It yeah, it has to be the priority. This has to be, you know. I could tell people a lot, but I, you know, I've already you know hung myself out to dry with it. No rest, no forbidden, right? But I'm, I'm going to tell you realistically, if you want a great album, it's got to be written with care, and there's got to be like a serious amount of effort put into cultivating. Uh, no, I, I get that. As a band. I, I guess two things. Like, for the back. First, the rust thing. I wanted to clear it up because I also. I'm about people bands just being happy and what they want and having fun. So to me, I was saying I, you didn't see enough. Yet. I, I felt that that was coming coming at you that rut, no rust thing. I wanted to put it out, out there to, to maybe dissipate it, dissipate it to other people that might have that issue. If you and I are talking about it, they can go, oh, that's why I don't have an issue. I, I like I, when bands do what they want to do. It's about having fun. It's music. But but he said yeah, I don't hear, any, yeah. hear any music from me. I just want to put that so other people would be like, oh, I get it, and, and and lay off that because there's a lot of things that go on in life. You can't be locked into things, and and the, and but me as a fan that's on the East Coast, it's exciting and didn't get to see you when you guys when I was younger. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, if I heard like a soundboard quality or something, I'd rather not hear it on a phone. You know what I mean? There's some kind of like unofficial official bootleg off a soundboard. I could hear something live over Europe. Soundboard is a, a soundboard. A I got I, I got a secret secret for you. Soundboards sound worse than than uh, than phones because you know I mean it, it's funny because for years when when I was a kid I didn't know anything and I I hear the soundboard I'm like where's the guitars why aren't there any guitars in here oh that's because it's a soundboard and you were turned up so loud in the venue that didn't need to put you through the PA very much so soundboards always sound like ass you know they never they're always out of balance and whack because the, the sound man's mixing for the live thing and unless you have a live mix separate you know we're doing a live yeah. mix and so you know we could do that i mean but it, it really shouldn't be the priority man i get it, it i understand i'm just a fan that's excited can't wait that's all 
that's a good it's a good problem you know yeah i appreciate i appreciate that too yeah it's not like a, i'm just here I'm, I'm i'm like i'm like the fucking the wet the wet towel that tempers it you know like it has to you know putting it over the flame like there's there will be a time and if you want it great we gotta do it this order like i feel like a parent you know i get the process i worked in radio and records for a while and i did work in recording studios so i get the process it's just still a fan and still excited to hear this, hear the new singer. And, you know, that's how it goes. As far as this process goes, though, like, how are you going to pick out the songs for this guy? I mean, how are you going to do it? You do the good old set like we used to do, or how are you going to mix it up? Well, I mean, it's Forbidden Needle's 35th anniversary, and that was the way that Alcatraz was even brought to us. And, and you know, it should be said that I wasn't, I didn't agree to doing any of this, uh, even after playing with, with Norman for the longest time until I got an email from Alcatraz asking specifically if we'd be interested in doing the 35th anniversary of forbidden evil and we would be interested excuse me would be okay if it was with another singer since russ is retired and they were taking a stab in the dark and they even said and uh would it be would you be interested in having chris contos play drums since you already played with him in the boneless ones and i was like oh shit so it's like you know there's one thing to talk about doing this that and the other not have anything to shoot for but i'm telling you that made so much sense in that moment yeah, there were other things happening in, musically for me that making making me realize that I wasn't really completely fulfilled in that moment, and then it all made sense because I knew Norman could do it for months, but I just didn't accept it. I knew he was good enough. I knew he could pull off everything his own own way with his own attitude and swagger. I already knew all that, but I was the last guy aboard. You know, Matt wanted to do it with him. Steve wanted to do it with him. Chris Contos wasn't even in the band. He was telling me that I should do it with him. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, what else do I need? Oh, this fucking show. Yeah, this show is the thing I fucking need. So it, it, it got me, it pushed me off, off of my ledge into picking a side and realizing I'm not going to live forever. I don't have a chance to always, you know, play these songs and, you know, uh, honor the legacy of the band forever. I mean, I'm getting older. Now's the time. It's got to be hard. I mean, especially as to see like a lot of rock bands, I mean, the Stones are playing, but the music's a little bit slower than, say, thrash or really heavy metal. Vocally, it's a little bit different. I mean, good for them. I mean, I, I can't do, <laughs> I couldn't go on stage and do that. But the, the, the challenge for you guys physically, it's got to be Well, the, Stone, the Stones are in their 70s. They're in their 70s. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't feel like thrash guys have aged as much as other people. I don't know what it is. And, and we're all in uncharted waters. Like, this oh, is yeah. no one's ever played music this crazy, this fast this and this energetic, this long. You know, I'd be have an easier time if I played punk rock. You know, I'd have an easier time if I played death metal. Yeah, there, there's it's just something about that thrash. And the, did we made our songs? I said again, we made our songs so hard and unorthodox, and that was a lot because I was an unmusically trained guy who could chase shit down. You know, and I had great players next to me that could harmonize and 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 you know embellish and it yeah it was just you know we we did our, our our brand is just incredibly difficult and so we have to back that up you know um, and we will and that's why we got three months to do it and and that'll be our first shows and it'll be great but you know i want to answer your question you asked because i, I kind of skipped over it the the 35th anniversary of the band it has to be the focal point so we're going to play all of forbidden its entirety uh maybe not in order but in the set and mm -hmm. I haven't figured that out yet. And some have twisted in a form, and that's about all we'll have time for. 
So we're not going to like hit off all the, you know, you're not going to see Distortion Green or Omega Wave songs this first time in Europe. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's exciting. I mean, I definitely think a that it makes sense because you guys definitely this is one band that needs its its Victory Lab because a lot of your riffs were very. I wouldn't have known it then what to call it, but it was very progressive in some of the songwriting without realizing it had a very progressive yeah, people, style in the music, but you didn't get it at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody has their little difficult things, but we just did this Bay Area International thing and I played everyone else's songs and they aren't as hard to fucking play. Really? <laughs> it's just like, and I learned them, you know, like I, I dug in and I do things the right way when I do that. I, I, I learn exactly what's played and how to play it. And yeah, our shit's just harder, you know. Um, so, at least for our Bay Area compadres, they, yeah, you know, they're all amazing guitar players all around, like every everyone. And it's not a diss; it's just no. I just made things stupidly difficult, and to the point where, like, why did I, you know, like I was, like I said, I'm working on these songs. Like, why did I fucking do that? You know, like, but that's what people like. That's that's what it was. Why they like just them? Roll with it, you know. I would want the songs different. That's I hard. think so. With your musical training, though, I mean, you started playing young. Lack thereof. Lack thereof. And, and, he, and it's really funny because I, I love, I play guitar horribly, but I started later in life, like 45, but with like YouTube or whatever and, and knowing people and stuff, I can pick up things. and I do it for fun. Never too late. Realize, yeah, no, but I, I don't care if anybody, if I ever do anything with it, but it's, I just enjoy it because there's something very magical about just playing guitar. Just yourself. It doesn't matter. Um, or learning something. I've learned... I learned to reappreciate songs from like the structure as you know, you start learning to read music and stuff, and you're like, Oh, I never liked that song. And you're like, Oh, that did that. Oh, that's an interesting change. That's, that's really smart. You know, how everything phrases together. Yeah. O over the years, has your playing changed? Have you like, are you all right? You play all by ear. Can you read any music? Like how is your, when you started so young, complex, such complex music. Well, I did more in my career than people, most people realize. And the ones that follow me know that I've uh, evolved a lot as a guitar player. Uh, when, with, with Forbidden Evil in particular, I'd only been playing for three and a half, four years when we made, made that record. Well, I was not playing for even five years yet. Uh, so I had very little feeling and I had everything that was going for me was my crazy energy and <laughs> you know, being the driving force of, of that energy, you know. It was it was myself and Paul Bostaff that just kind of drove that that frantic energy for that album, and uh, yeah, then, it, then you know getting Tim Calvert in the band helped me immensely because he was calm, he wasn't a thrash guy, uh, he had a way of playing that totally complimented me, and then I just got to kind of settle into my own thing and had more feeling and yeah, started figuring out you know what like you know slow down the so so I realized I kind of picked my lane is like I would play the slower more melodic solos but be the super fast picking hand and like this hand is incredibly fast this hand is medium fast i could make it go fast when i need to but it's not really my forte i always had another guy to do that in forbidden but when forbidden was over uh i went to rock school i i kind of you know stripped it down to the basics a little bit and and really figured it out you know how to play by myself you know they started a band called man may god with a rue luster joined machine head when he joined Machine Head, I learned how to play for the first time in my life by myself and figured out new techniques, new ways to do new chords, uh, chords that I use to this day that very few people use. I, it's funny because there were chords I was doing where like I never heard them in recordings. And then over yeah. the years, I, the, Mast the Mastodon records with with the way that Bill writes, 
was like, dude, he's using my core. But you know, he doesn't. He's not even familiar with Forbidden himself. The other guys in the band were way more familiar. But it's just the way our brains work separately, you know. And it's so cool to hear him. He's doing some things, especially the new album. I'm like, I hear direct things that I did that I kind of figured out how to do because I needed to play by myself. So it's weird. It's cool. But I mean, I really figured out a lot. Um, got signed to, you know, uh, American. Did it album with Rick Rubin and the Man Made God record. Um, it was straight like a rock. It was like, it was heavy, but it was rock. And it was like America's, you know, uh, bad company or foreigner or, but with, with other influence, Zeppelin and a little sound gardens, you know, it was a little good, but it was ahead of its time. And then after we we broke, what year was that? I know you did. I never. Uh, I didn't. I haven't gone back and heard it. I'll have to go back and listen. Uh, we we got we got signed in two thousand one. The album didn't come out until almost two thousand until two thousand three. Oh wow. We, yeah, it was a crazy story, which is I don't even have time to get into that. But it was an incredible, incredible ride at the highest echelon of of the way <laughs> the music industry works, and we just didn't have a singer that uh, understood the process of, of building things. You know, he wanted it to happen fast. And that's ultimately the demise of the band because he was unsatisfied. It didn't happen quick. And I just got annoyed and I said, I'm done with this. I can't keep telling this guy that you have to work, you know. And we ended up fixing all that later. We got back together for fun and didn't really chase down any demos or didn't want to do anything like that. He just played the songs again and he grew up considerably. Um, but it was too it's late. Like a house though. When you build it, when a band is like a house. You got to put Foundation's got to be there. I mean, Forbidden had a foundation. Now you guys, the house is still stands. It's, you know. Right. Well, and there's therein lies the difference. Forbidden, when we toured, we were there to win the crowd every night. You know, when we, when Forbidden Evil came out, sure, people had heard Chalice of Blood or whatever they'd heard or saw the ultimate revenge, but we had to win it every night. And, you know, with Man May God, the three guys in the band, there was Steve Jacobs from, from Forbidden was in Man yeah. May God. And, and there's only a four piece, you know, it was one singer, one guitar player, one bass player, one drummer. It was like your classic Zeppelin style four piece. And uh, yeah, our singer just really would get frustrated if people weren't singing the songs. I'm like, bro, they don't know them. Really? They don't know them. I'm like, it, it, so yeah, but it's not worth really talking about too much. But it was, I've seen how it works. Biggest management, biggest record label, biggest budgets. Uh, put you on tour a year before your album comes out. So you you know, give you these opportunities to play everywhere with these bands and get these bands. It just didn't work out. Well, I'll have to go back and check it out. That sounds pretty cool. But as a songwriter and a, and a guitar player, so obviously it's it's really changed you. So it's going to be interesting for you to come back now, though. Like if you're playing, you used to being a one guitar a one guitar player writing songs for a band for that. And getting, yeah, doing uh, all that's different kinds of stuff. Now well, you're going to come back and be a different musician now writing. Well, it's not. It's in my DNA, well, dude. It's it's it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. I you know it's like a. No, I mean your thought process. You, is sure, you have to, to. You know what I mean? Well, your, your really thought process think. is different. For, no, no, no. Well, I mean you got to remember, you know, after you know, so there I did this, then I was in a band called Spiral Arms, where I was one of two guitar players for a long time, which was a continue with Tim from Systematic, the old singer Systematic, and we kind of joined together as two major label rebound guys, you know. And uh, we did years of that, and that was fun and not as successful as, as Man Made God was. We just never got off the ground. But I did years of two guitar player stuff after that. Then I did, uh, then I started, you know, Forbidden again. And so I was right back in it in 2008. It was yeah. just okay. getting on the bicycle. So from 2008 to when we recorded the album in 2010, 
you see it, t- it was like a two-year process to you know get the album done and put it out and then uh to 2012 i was doing forbidden and spiral arms and in about 2016 2017 i started dress the dead and that was a two guitar player thing but i okay. took i took on the, the the main portion of things okay. and now i'm in the, now i'm in the boneless ones with chris contos which is a skate rock legacy band and that's only one guitar player and it's great because i get a shred all over it and it gives me tons of room it's super fun um and we're playing dynamo this year actually uh the week after that uh, forbidden plays alcatraz so chris and i will already be there we'll already be in t- we had that book like last year it works out really well for you it's gonna be busy i guess and then maybe i was misunderstanding because like i know a lot of artists and i always think it's great looking artists is they they do one thing but they go off to a different type of music or they start playing bass and they play the more instruments they learn it changes their songwriting not a different sound but their thought process when they hear it they're hearing it differently like like, a, like they hear more like an orchestra oh, for sure that's yeah, what nobody, I, mean. I mean it's like if yeah, you're writing nobody you're writing for forbidden and then also you're writing for this this great four-piece band you're like oh i'm hearing it differently now and then i'm gonna take all that and put it in my cap and write the next whether it's another four-piece band or five-piece band it's going to keep adding to it is what i meant like it's it's a perspective. No, you're you're right. Yeah, and that and that's a that's a good astute, you know, point of view you got right there. The thing for me though, and I've always trained myself to do this, I don't get too in my own head and and, and I kind of pull from the subconscious of whatever I need to do. So I don't I don't for example, when Forbidden Start got got back together in two thousand eight. I started writing songs at, after the European tour that we did. Mm-hmm. And I came home and Glenn Alvarez was in the band, who's the, uh, the older guitar player. And I said, dude, I've started writing riffs. I should come over to your house. You know, let, let me show you some stuff. And he's like, yeah, come on over. And I remember playing him stuff and him just looking at me with complete puzzlement. Like, it's 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 etched in my brain forever. And then he was saying things like, maybe we should be more like X or Y or, you know, you say like Meshuggah or Opeth or you know, I'm like, no, we're going to be like forbidden. And I should know because I've been in this band since I was 15 years old. I'm like, can you just shred? And then he's, it, we, it just became obvious to me that that was the end of that. Cause it is, yeah. cause he's going to, he was trying to chase something down and, you know, look for something else. And I'm like, no, it's all, right here it's all right here it's you know just follow the follow the bell and we'll we'll get there and and so i you know uh some guys will try to fit in really really badly or or to do whatever they're into now for me i'm just like i just go with well, that's following i'm just saying yeah. learning like learning in a way that songwriting is such a craft and a skill you you spend your whole life learning and it can you yeah. learn it a way you don't yeah, always see it i don't mean i don't mean chasing it and that's why like a lot of musicians that instead of like we're going out if you look at your peers that were going out partying in the 80s 90s whatever and the guys that were sitting in the studio next to the producer seeing how it worked learned out and played bass like guitar played bass i'm gonna you know, let me, let me play drums a little bit and they start just touching everything and next thing you know five years into it, you're like i was in a band with that guy now that dude's like a producer because yeah you know I've, you're learning I've, that way I've always been the guy that's in the, the studio from the first day to the last day doing the mixes. Uh, but I've surrounded myself with really talented people and, you know, and I've been lucky to be surrounded by really talented people. So I learned from them and I learned a ton making that man made God record. Cause that was Rick Rubin. And even though he wasn't there every day, the process was, 
and you know and we went up to his house a whole bunch and i learned i learned a lot from him uh just a few you know key strokes and and then later sean bevan who, who mixed that record who, who was incredible and he's a great friend of mine to this day um really taught me a lot that that yeah. anything i heard in my head could be created you know right. any i would give him a suggestion and he'd just be like, oh man yeah let's do that you know so it was cool to learn this stuff so i've always but i'm not like uh engineer i i'm i'm more of like a co-producer producer kind of right. engineer like rick rubin not an engineer you know yeah you know he's a producer. i hear he the has... best about him and i hear people, people well, everyone loves him for the most part but some people are like i don't know what he did and another person's like he was brilliant like there's no well, that's what he does no it, you know he is brilliant but sometimes he misses shit you know like because he, he, he's on a, i tell people he's he's, he's a human at a glance guy yeah. you know, he's a human but he's at a glance he's he, he he hears something and then he has an initial feeling about it and then it either completely works from that point or he missed the point completely and okay. he's done it with a few bands with with man may god he's mostly right but he was wrong about some things and but i mean my respect for the dudes never waned and he never had a problem with what i did it was it was he starts with bass and drums and he gets really idiosyncratic syncretic idiosyncratic with yeah. bass and drums like he's there there that's the thing so the drums change then the bass changes then you know with with the guitar he's like that sounds great man right on then he got into the vocals you know but he did, he didn't really attack or dig into my shit cuz i guess he liked it right? but I, I understand how frustrating it could be for some people to this guy the the man on the mountain you know the guy who lives on the hill because he's up in the you know uh, Hollywood Hills, they uh, they I could see some people crumbling under the pressure, and I could see other people flourishing, and I personally would have loved to have worked with them more. You know, it's interesting. I, mean, I wonder how much of his beliefs, and he's I guess he comes out he's very spiritual and kind of open to things. So like how he hears things and how it comes out. Yeah, you're either I or not. It's kind of like I, I, the glance is probably a real good explanation. It's probably the best yeah, yeah. stories i've heard like i because you know it's always like people like yeah i don't get it but if it either works if it works whatever he's doing if he's seeing things from a different angle that no one's seeing it at and he's helping lead that that maybe the band can't get out of his own head then that would be brilliant because it works and it's going to allow the band to be the best but if he's not seeing it well, you, it's not going to help anybody did you did you see the video with him and uh paul mccartney going through all the old songs no not yet watch it find it on youtube Paul right. McCartney and Rick Rubin going digging through, like literally pulling up the tapes and like pulling up the tracks one by one and having a conversation. He can keep up in those conversations. You know, that's Paul McCartney. You know, yeah. um, and I mean, Rick, you know, Rick is Rick, man. If you, if you don't get it, that's cool. I, I kind of got it. And, uh, and I, you know, some of the other guys in the band have a different view, you know, so teach their own. That's good. But I, but you I think either be loved or hated. There's no middle ground, right? That means you're doing something. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was brilliant. Somebody's trying to call me, and that's totally not cool. And I have it turned okay. off. I'll send a voicemail. Okay. I'll let, I'll let, I'll let this part out anyhow. I know it's I went over the little time. I thought I sent for you. I didn't know what the time limit was. No, I think people people would be interested. Uh, yeah. In the Rick Rubin stuff, I, I yeah. don't think you should leave that out. I think I have no problem with it. I think it's part of my my history where people yeah. will understand that I've I've done. No, that. I may cut out that part with a phone part. That little phone part I would cut out. I'd leave this part in. I don't ah, fuck it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just getting back to the, all that, just yeah. to, to put a fine point on, on the whole thing. It's like uh, 
I've done things and I've been lucky enough to do things that a lot of my peers haven't done because they've been less uh, obliged to take chances. Mm -hmm. I've took taken chances my entire career and it hasn't always worked out uh, maybe lucratively or, or, you know, but it has definitely worked out, uh, fulfilled me musically. And that's to me the most important thing still. I think it's, and I've said this before, I support any band doing where everything is creative. I support Metallica doing Lulu. I won't listen to it, <laughs> but I support the desire yeah. of being wanting to do something differently. I totally support them doing that hundred percent. I can't listen to Lou Reed on it. I can't yeah. listen to it, but I support them doing it. And, and and I think any artist should be able to do that without getting a beat down. You know, I am, I am a hundred percent agreeance with, with everything you just said right there. How can, how can you not be the best that you are? And how can you, how can a fan of a, of a, of a band not want that? Now I want your artist to try being the best. That's how you end up with Back in Black. You end up with like every Zeppelin album. That's how you end up with like Master Puppets. Like if a band's not expanding and trying and trying, you're gonna get the same album every single time, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, Metallica's is you know, uh, you can spend years talking about like, you know, better, worse. Don't get it, get it. But the, the fact is that until you walked in their shoes and had the kind of success that they've had and the kind of oh, yeah. pressure that comes with that success, you have no idea, you know, they, coming back to your roots is truly impossible. So trying to come back to your roots can make people happy or it can make people frustrated, but ultimately they're the biggest band in the world and no one will understand the, the, how that machine even works. The inner workings of it are beyond what most people can comprehend. Oh, I, I agree. I think I, I have the most respect for Metallica. I love them. And I have certain albums that look better than others. But, they, but they've changed. And I, I've always loved that about them. There's certain times in different parts of my life, I've liked other albums better than others. I'm like, nope, not like that one. But I'm not going to go online and slag them because I'm like, thank goodness they're doing what they want. I wish everybody did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm definitely cool you with know? it. You I, know, know, I mean, I, I, don't, well, I don't love it all, but I mean, I don't have right. to. Somebody else does. There's millions of other people who will. But come on, if, I, if they did Master Puppets five times in a row, you'd be like, oh, this band has never done anything since 80, whatever. You know what I mean? They wouldn't get it that way, too. So you're not going to win. So at least be creative as an artist, exactly. you know? I think, you know, that's why it's exciting. And, and then, I'm, you know, it's going to be good with you guys, you know, going out and getting your your, your due, you know? I don't think, I don't think Forbidden's yeah, gotten I'm, it yet. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, we kind of touched on that earlier. It's, it's, crazy that people care enough to to even uh build the thing up big enough in their hearts and heads this time around where it's it's because it's kind of catching fire and i see it you know I, i've kind of put a temper on it to the guys in the band I'm like you know gotta deliver if you don't deliver then you know the wet blanket because yeah, we had a chance <laughs> last time you know but russ russ was going through it and it was tough so i think his lack of of nailing it every night because of his alcohol problem chipped away at people's confidence and right in the band so having a guy like norman who's like very confident very within himself you know uh sings it his own way but yet the way it should be it's kind of a weird cool perfect scenario he's, not, he's played out but he's never been this level so is this it seems to me like when a lot of bands have gotten newer singers in uh, new blood like when skid row did or like whatever bands they go it's great because the guys have gone through this for so long they're like i'm experiencing it again i'm re-loving it again through their eyes, like when you have, we have your, we had your kid. You're like you're enjoying things through your kid's eyes. You're like you're getting a different perspective. So, so having yeah, a new I'm looking forward to that. 
who's got a different perspective on it. He hasn't been beat down the same way, or he hasn't gone through the same history you guys have gone through. He's just loving the songs and representing, and it's new. Well, I mean, he's got a career too, and there's thousands of people that know about him. In the no, Bay I meant like the beat down you know? by like the problems you guys had and forbidden the struggles with no, the alcohol. No, he's had his own. He's had his own problems, I'm sure. In, but it's in different. His own struggles and. You know, but yeah, the forbidden thing is like it's Fresh. a good thing that he hasn't been through all that. You know, right. it's 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 probably for the best. <laughs> Energy will be different though too, so it'll be exciting. You know, to pull through. Yeah, you know, he's he's already great on. I'm telling you, dude, the guy, the guy delivers like he's in the arena every time he's playing anywhere. It's like he's been built for this, and this is the moment where he finally gets to you know stick the landing. That's awesome. That's really good too. One of the things that I'm going to wrap it up. I want to say I think. To me, one of my favorite things, I think I think of bands have like three three stages in their career. Like you first get out, it doesn't matter how long you've been together. You start off and like you're struggling, but you're like, you really work hard, you work hard. And then you and then you kind of achieve success. And then you hit the middle ground. And that's where the band goes up, you break down, you break up, you stay together, you kind of go back and forth. Third level is when you finally you you find a spot where you're comfortable and the band is just the band, and you can just be you, and it's like a victory lap. And you can be in a victory lap for 30 years. Like Aerosmith finally were doing their victory lap. I mean, they got retired, but for that, they finally got to the point where they could just be Aerosmith. They could do what they wanted, you know, whether they wanted to put out albums or not. You know, I think this is, you guys are going to get, be able to do that third level, that victory lap that finally, everyone knows who you guys are. Everything you do now is just fun. You don't have to prove yourselves, you know. Well, we'll still try to prove ourselves. You know, I mean, that's human nature too. But yes, I think you're right in a certain. I don't way. mean to I you get don't a think, suck. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy to look at I, what I what I'm saying is I agree, but I also don't think it's healthy to look at it like this is the gravy train or the easy part because I no, no, I no, do no. want to be better. I do want to be better this time around. So I think uh, I'm very guarded about like lowering my guard. You know, like, right, I'm, just, I, I'm gonna keep I'm keeping my dukes up because I got I got to you know be ready for this shit. So as does everybody. So. It's my job to keep them all on their toes. Uh, yeah, I, I was assuming all... you were to keep your standard. Is what I'm yeah. saying. That you guys, people, people know who you are. They know the level that you're gonna put out. You know, you don't have to prove yourself. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird because we definitely that cult status has grown over the years, and I and I see it. It's it. They're more excited this time around than the first time we came back in 2008. I can already, by the amount of reaction, and everything, and th and this is without Russ. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then people are also, we haven't really talked much about Chris Contos, but people are very excited Chris is playing drums with us. They are very excited because of his work with on Burn My Eyes, the Machine Head record, you know, their most, like, whatever you want to call it, iconic oh, like. record. Yeah, he's he's awfully good. And, it, you know, it, it's a great it's a great lineup. There's really no weaknesses. I mean, it's really, really strong. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll be looking for the bootleg, uh, the YouTube videos, the concert. To get my Phil to hold me over, I'll be looking forward to you know yeah, talking again. Good. You know, three months you'll have you'll have plenty of that to look at, and also do yourself a favor and dig up the Man Made God records on iTunes. It's Man Made yeah. One Word God. There's another band that came out later called Man Made God, who I didn't bother suing because I'm not really caring, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's on it's on American. It's Rick Rubin's label. It's got a yeah. It's in the background, actually, it's that picture over there, if you could see it. But yeah, it's it's like got a lizard's eye or an alien eye or whatever you want to say with the reflection of the forest. It, it's a cool record. People get emotional about that record with me. Really? I've actually had people sit there and cry with you know to me about how how much that record means to them. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, you'll see. All right, I mean, it's, I'm, it's I'm just, intrigued. I'm intrigued. Hopefully, next year or two, we'll we'll get we'll catch up when we talk about the new album. 
and I'll go back and we'll we'll talk about this too, you know, <laughs> about my uh, right on. Well, no, I appreciate the time and stuff, and I appreciate that people give a shit. So Thanks, there man. you go. Take care, everybody. Everybody, check them out when you can. Take care, man. Later, guys. Yeah.